0: This is Megillah, Daf Yud Aleph. We are on Daf Yud Amud Bet, 11 lines from the bottom of the Amud, where it says, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi patach, pitcha lehai parashata meacha. When Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi would teach Megillah Tester, he would begin his speech or his shiur with the following opening. That's not exactly the pasuk as it appears in the Torah, The exact pasuk in the Torah is That's in the Klalot, the curses in the Torah says that if just as Hashem was once happy to do good for you, He will be happy to destroy you and get rid of you. Um, that's exact. Is it really true that Hashem is happy when He destroys and He sees the downfall of the wicked? But it says in the pasuk, This is speaking about when uh, Yossefat was going out to fight against the Ammonim. Uh, in his time, the king Yossefat, that they would uh, they would go out. This is recorded in Divrei Yamim that uh, when they would they would go out before the. Uh, They had the people singing before the army, saying, I'm sorry, praise praise the Hashem, His kindness is forever. And um, why didn't it say Kitov? Praise the Hashem that He is good, because they won the war. Why didn't they say Kitov? Uh, when they won the war, that Hashem is good, because Hashem is not happy when the wicked fall, even though it's necessary, He's not happy about it. What does it mean? That one did not come close to the other all night long, that was talking about the uh, when the midstream were chasing after B'nai Yisrael, moving towards the Yam Suf, that the camps did not come close to each other all night long. It says that the angels wanted to sing when the w- at the downfall of the uh, of the and kadosh in bayam my the work of my hands has fallen has fallen into the sea is drowning in the sea meaning the mitrim are drowning in the sea how could you sing at a time like this am rabbi Lazar. Uh, who, en osas, aval acherim, mesis. He doesn't become happy, says Rabbi Lazar, that the, his creations are destroyed, but he causes others to be happy. Vedikanami, and there's proof for that, because it says in the Pasuk, ken yasis, vlo, Because the Pasuk actually doesn't say Hashem will be happy, uh, to, uh, bring about your destruction, but he says, um, uh, it uses the language, which is the causal form, the cause, the form of causing someone else to be happy. <inaudible> Hashem will make others happy about your downfall. In other words, just as Hashem was happy to build you up, He will cause others to celebrate when you fall down. And that's the idea. Um, and Rashi says, <inaudible> and, that's, and when the anti-Semites saw that Haman was going to be was decreeing a destruction on the Jews they were celebrating because of that so meaning that that's an example of how the fact that everybody rallied around uh, the destruction of the Jewish people is an example of that curse that was mentioned in the Torah Rabbi Abba Patach when Rabbi Abba Barkana would teach about Megillat Esther, he would open his lecture with the following statement Sh'tov V'simcha to a person who is good in the eyes of Hashem he gives wisdom and knowledge and joys. this was Mordechai and to the one who is a sinner, he gives a desire to acquire and to gather things which eventually go to the good people. of That's Haman, who wanted to constantly amass wealth and so on. But ultimately, it is going to be given to the one who is good before Hashem. That's because it says that Haman placed Mordechai over the house of Haman. That pasuk is... In Kohelet, describing how uh, the, uh, the wicked person's desire to amass wealth eventually becomes a means in the hands of the wise and the righteous person who receives that wealth some way or other, as it happened in the case of Haman and Mordechai. Uh, Rabbah Bar Ofran, Ofran would, would give a lecture on Megillat this day, He would start with the following opening. It says, I will place my throne in Elam, which is in Bavel." And, the, and I will get rid of from there kings and princes. That is what Hashem says, right? So what does it mean? Melech, so Vashti. When it says I will get rid of a king, it's talking about Vashti who is descended from Babylonians. v'asarim, princes, The Haman. Vasir Panav. This is Haman and his ten sons. And as Rashi says, Shushan was in Elam. So the fact that Shushan was in Elam, so that prophecy of getting rid of kings and princes is talking about getting rid of Vashti and Haman and his family. Rav Dimi bar Yitzchak, when Rav Dimi bar Yitzchak would open his shiur on Megillat Esther, he would start with the following: lo It says in the book of Ezra, we are slaves, meaning we are in exile. But in our in our slavery, Hashem did not abandon us; any any extended to us. Kindness. Before the kings of Paras, he extended kindness. to haman. When did that happen? In the times of Haman. That uh, this, uh, and uh, another version says in the times of Mordechai. Same concept. That although they were uh, at the, uh, they were subordinate to the uh, non-Jewish authorities, they found favor in their eyes. Again, when Rabbi bar Papa would give a class. He'll give his lecture on Megillat the he would open with the following You placed other human beings over us. We have gone through fire and we've gone through water. This is the lamenting of the Jewish people on the suffering that they're enduring in the exile. When did they go through fire in the times of Nebuchadnezzar when he cast anybody who didn't want to worship the idols into the fire? And when did we get cast into the water in the days of And you, you brought us out. Uh, with uh, plenty the mehaman, Haman that's talking in the days of Haman where instead of suffering we actually emerged on top Rabbi Yochanan when Rabbi Yochanan would speak about Megillat he would start with the following drasha: Israel. he remembered his kindness and faith and uh, to, for the house of Israel all of the ends of the earth and all the inhabitants of the earth will see the redemption, the uh, salvation of our God. When did all of the inhabitants of the earth see the redemption and the salvation of Hashem? In the days of Mordechai and Esther, everybody witnessed it because it became broadcast across the entire world. When Rish would give a lecture about Mugnat's Esther, he would start with the following Do'asha. A roaring lion and a hungry bear. A roaring al Amdal. That is what it's like when a wicked person rules over a weak people, the people who are vulnerable. Arinohem zebun Nebuchadnezzar Rasha, who is the roaring lion. That's Nebuchadnezzar. The chitiv says about him. Allah Aryeh Misuvko. It says that a lion has come out from its den. Dove shokeg zachash When it says a bear that's hungry, zachash rosh the As it says, when it speaks about the, in the prophecies of Daniel. V'ouche v'achri tignana d'amyal ledov. It talks about a second animal that was seen in the vision that was similar to a. Bear and this bear, with an says, the Persians." that these are the Persians who eat and drink like bears, they they have flesh on their bodies like bears, they grow hair like bears, and they're restless like bears. In other words, the idea is that these two kingdoms that were foreseen by Daniel, first the Babylonians and then the uh, and then the Persians, right? Moshe, Rasha, and that is that is what it's like when a wicked person rules over vulnerable people. Who is the wicked person? Zeaman, Alamdal, who are the weak people, who were poor from mitzvot, meaning it was at a time where they were vulnerable because they were not fulfilling their obligations of mitzvot. But properly. Rabbi um, Yelazar, whenever he would open his lecture on the Gila he would say the following, through laziness, the roof becomes, uh, w- literally what it means is that the roof becomes worn out because of laziness. and Because of, a, uh, uh, because of um, the hands being, uh, like, lowered, meaning that the person is not uh, taking action to maintain their house, so then the house will end up being flooded with the water that comes, uh, that comes through, right? So that's, in a literal sense, what it's talking about is how if you don't maintain things and you don't dedicate yourself to upkeep, mm-hmm. so eventually they fall apart. But the drashah is that because of the laziness of the Jewish people, that's uh, the laziness mentioned in the pasuk, um, Batzal Taim is referring to the laziness, not of not repairing the roof, but Batzal Taim of the Jewish people not, uh, learning Torah, because of the laziness of the Jewish people, that they didn't learn Torah, that made Hashem weak. Now it always, it never says Hashem weak, but it says the hater of Hashem became weak, because they don't want to say Hashem became weak, but meaning that he couldn't help us, uh, and, and, Ven uh, Yadaim, and what does it mean to be Mach? It means to be poor. Because when it talks about a person who cannot afford to pay for the donation that they committed to, to the nether that they committed to, it's called Mach. So it means Hashem became poor, weak. And what is the roof? It's really Hashem. Because it says that Hashem roofed his upper chambers with water. It's talking about the heavens. So it's saying that Hashem, so to speak, became weak uh, to protect us because of our failure to observe the Torah and mitzvot, he didn't have the ability. He didn't have the justification to intervene. Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak patach la la pitcha la poshatam Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak opened his lectures and began to say what the following. If it were not for Hashem, was with us, says say the Jewish people should say. If not for the fact that Hashem was with us, when. Adam, when a person rose up against us, Adam meaning any person, not necessarily a king, and the man who was not a king and yet he rose up against us. When he would open his lecture on Megillat he would use the following When there are many righteous people, the people are happy, the nation is happy. And when the uh, when the wicked person is wicked person is in charge, the people sigh. When there are a lot of uh, righteous people, the people are happy, the nation is happy, that's talking about... Uh yeah, the more the Khaivest, that's more the Khainashiva Yushala Samecha, because it says that the city of Shushan was very happy and celebrating. And when uh, a wicked person is in charge, the people cry out and they sigh, Zeaman, it's talking about Haman, Tihti, uh, Yoshana Bucha because the people were it says that the city of Shushan was bewildered and sad because of the decrees of Haman. Ramatana, Ma'ah, Rahmatana said, From here, Mikoi Gatosimko Vimelab, uh who what great nation has Hashem close to it at all times? Ravashia, Whanisai Loim. That in, that uh, in other words, it's, on in one, on one hand, Purim is an illustration of the pasuk that Hashem is close to us whenever we call out to Him. Also, lo goy goy that Hashem uh, would take one nation out of another nation, just like He did in Mitzrayim. He did in uh, in um, uh, in the case of Purim, that He took us out from subjugation to the powers of Haman and Achashverosh that were against us. Vayi be Amarav. said, V'ai vahi It's two different ways of saying like oivay. Um, the woe is to us, uh, the, uh, the word Vaihi has a sound of a lament, a sadness, oi. The uh, the the um, is what the Bach says it should say here. It should say this is the fulfillment of what it says in the Torah. It says in the curses that you'll be sold, you'll be put up for sale as slaves but nobody will buy. And, uh, and the idea is that uh, Haman didn't allow them to even buy Jewish slaves in, in, uh, in, in uh, Persia because then they, their masters would defend them and protect them from being destroyed and they were subject to the decree of being destroyed and they couldn't even be sold as slaves. And we know that Esther said, if you wanted to sell us as slaves, I wouldn't have said anything, but because you want to destroy us, that's why I'm intervening It says Hashem did not, does not, even when you're uh, under the curses of the Torah, because you're not fulfilling the Torah, Hashem never hates you, or uh, is disgusted with you to destroy you. He didn't hate us in the days of the Yivanim. He didn't reject us in the days of Nebuchadnezzar. To destroy us in the days of Haman. To break his covenant with us. In the days of the Persians because I am Hashem Your God. Be made Gog Magog in the future time of the Armageddon of the war of Gog and Magog, in the, in the times of the Mashiach. In other words, it's all part of God's plan. So even though there are some setbacks and we're sometimes under evil regimes, we always survive. I did not hate them. Or find them disgusting in the days of the Qasdeem. Shaymatlim Daniel, because they had Daniel, Mishael, and Azariah. they had Mishael, Shel Vazariya who were were standing up <in> for <foreign> them. And <language> I didn't reject them, at this. When they when I I gave them Shimon Tzik and also the Hashmonae Gadol and Matya the gadol Right? So they always had some helpers, some support, some Tzadikim to support them. I didn't destroy them in the days of Haman Che Matilem Wodahai Vester, I gave them Modah to help them to break my covenant with them. In the times of the Persians, I didn't leave them without re- leadership, and really it should say, according to the uncensored version, in the times of the Romans. I didn't give them. I didn't leave. I didn't abandon them because I gave them the house of Rabbi and all of the Chachamim. Because I am Hashem, their God. In the in the future, when there will be no nation that can rule over them. In other words, Hashem has given us leaders in every single generation to keep us afloat until the ultimate redemption. Rabbi Levi Amar me'achar. from here. That uh, the Torah tells us if we don't drive out all of the inhabitants of the land who are Kanaanim then eventually there will be a thorn in our side and they will destroy us. And that's really what happened here because since all of Amalek. Was not destroyed by Shaul. Um, Haman survived, and uh, meaning the ancestor of Haman, Agag survived, and he was, and that's why Haman existed because they didn't do a good job in getting rid of all the Amalekim. Rabbi Chia, Rabbi said, from here, uh, and it will be. This is again talking about in the curses in the Torah's description of the curses. What I was going to do to your enemies, I'm going to do to you because you violated the covenant. and what, and, uh, what does it mean? It means just that, that uh, here. Uh, literally, obviously, uh, Hashem did not destroy us, but the idea is that uh, uh, that just like I planned to do to the wicked, I will seem like I'm going to do to you because they were threatened with a threat of destruction in the story of Purim. Um Now here, according to the Grad, this is where the idea of where it should say that it should be here, not before. But in any case, Going back to the text of the Megillah, Amarav, Achiv Shirosh, he was the brother of the head, Uben Gilosh Rosh, and the same type as the head, Achiv Shirosh, Achiv Shan Nebuchadnezzar Rasha. He was the brother of Nebuchadnezzar Rasha, Shenikra Rosh was called the head, Shnemar, Antur Reshadi Dava, you are the head of gold, and that was in the vision that he had, in the dream that he had. That he was represented by the head of gold. Ben Giloshavosh, you are the same type as the head. Who rag, HuBikesh Nebuchadnezzar killed, and Achashverosh wanted to kill. Who bekeish lachriv? Nebuchadnezzar managed to destroy the Bet Hamidash. Achashverosh wanted to, but didn't. Shneema uhmalchod Achashverosh, but chilat malchutov, because it says in the beginning of the Kingdom of Achashverosh, uh, they they wrote an object. They had already started building the Beth Magdash at that time, and the uh, the Shomronim and people who objected to the building of the Beth Magdash wrote to uh, wrote to uh, Achashverosh to object to this and to stop him from uh, supporting the effort and um, it says they wrote a, uh, an objection they basically bad them and said they were rebelling against the king so he stopped the work he didn't actually destroy it but he stopped it um, the faces of the Jewish people became black in his time like the bottom of a pot in other words things, the suffering was terrible in his time Achashvosh comes from the word shachor then blackness anybody who remembers Achashvosh would say achleroshon oi to my head meaning it would give him a headache because he was such a bad guy Became, became poor. That's why it's called Rash is poor. Because it says at the end of the Megillah that he raised the taxes. It says. It wasn't the Achashvosh. Who Achashvosh. He was Achashvosh. Why does it repeat it? Because he remained wicked from beginning to the end. Don't think that because he became nicer to Mordechai and Esther at the end of the Megillah, that was because he became a tzaddik. It was just because they became his friends and his allies. Hu Esav? It says who Esav? Who Berisho mitchilat tovat zofo? He was wicked from beginning to end. Also, who the and It describes the Tanaviram. It says it was the Tanaviram. Who the Vaviram, Hin Berishan mitchilat tanbat zofan? They were bad from beginning to end. Whenever it says who about a person describing their name, he was who a Melech Chaz O, Berisho Again, he was bad from beginning to end. Avram? Who Avraham? Now here comes the positive when it says Avram was Avraham. He was righteous. from beginning ten. When it says it was Aaron and Moshe, They were stable in the righteousness from beginning ten. Vida vid. Right, and it says David was the small brother of the family. He was in his smallness, meaning in his humility. He was humble from the beginning to the end. Just like when he was a nobody, he was humble in front of anybody who was greater than him Even when he was a king, when he was the king, he would make himself small before anybody who was greater than him in wisdom and take advice from them. It says that ruled from it says he ruled over meaning that he appointed himself king he established himself as king He, he didn't inherit the throne some say that's positive some say negative if it's a positive that means that there was nobody else qualified for the job but him some say it was a negative that he actually wasn't worthy of the kingdom, but he bought the position of being king. So you could look at it as either positive or negative. From Hodu to Kush, the Pshad is that Hodu and Kush are at opposite ends, and he ruled from Hodu to Kush. But once said, they were actually right next to each other. But just, it means that it was it's qualitative, just like he ruled over Hodu and Kush. In other words, you could say that either Hodu and Kush are actually the boundaries of his kingdom from one end to the other, or it's a metaphor, and it means just like he ruled over Hodu and Kush, he ruled over the entire world. Barat similarly, you say, He ruled over the whole, uh, side of the river from Tivsach to Azhar, and the same machloket. The Tivsach is on one end, and, and, and Azaz on the other end. Right? And therefore, it's saying he ruled over all of it, and it's talking about, uh, And, and there we're talking about, uh, Shalomo Um. And then and others say, you no, know, that they were right next to each other, but it's qualitative, it's giving a metaphor. Just like he ruled over those places that were next to each other, he also ruled over the entire world. So either it's qualitative or quantitative. one hundred and twenty seven provinces The reason why it's broken up, 7, 20, and 100, is because it's saying, first he captured the first 7, then 20 more, then 100 more, and, and it's telling you that his, in other words, that his kingdom developed. So according to that, when it says about Amram's life, seven thirty and a hundred years, what kind of drasha are you going to make out of that? No. Here it's an extra pasuk. Why? Because it already said he rules over the entire world. So why does it have to specify how many provinces? One hundred and twenty-seven. It's giving you extra information for a drasha to tell you that his kingdom gradually expanded. There were three kings that ruled over the entire earth should be in that other order. That when they were looking for Eliyahu Avi, he was on the run. So uh, Ovadia said to uh, Eliyahu and Abihu, when he ran into him that the, that Ahab has searched in every kingdom on earth to try to find you. So ve'ilod ha'hava malich And if he wasn't the king over all of them, how could he force them to swear that they hadn't seen Eliyahu if he didn't have authority over them? So obviously he ruled over all of them. Nebuchadnezzar And others again is not exactly the pasuk. She says Nebuchadnezzar. That's what it should actually say. That uh, any kingdom that doesn't serve uh, uh the uh, king, Nebuchadnezzar, melech bavel. And then it says, And anybody who doesn't put his, ne- his neck in, under the yoke of the king of Bavel. Right? So you see that everybody had to serve him. And of course, it says he ruled over everything from Hodu to Kush. Now it says the Siman is Shazdach, where there were no other kings who ruled over the entire world. There were more. For example, Shlomo Melech, Lo Salik Malchutei. But his kingdom did not, Lo Salik Malchutei, his kingdom wasn't complete because eventually he was displaced from the kingdom as the story tells in that he was displaced from the kingdom for a while but that's not true that's only true if you say that he was a king and then he became a commoner so he actually retired early from his kingdom and it didn't last but according to the one that says he became king again in the end so obviously he did hold it he did keep it but that's a different story because his kingdom was not just over this world it was also over the spiritual world because it's Says he sat on the throne of Hashem. Rashi says it means shedim the elyonim, but the uh, but the correction on the side says it should say sarim, meaning the angels. He had uh, the uh, uh, his kingdom was a kingdom that was of a higher level, so it doesn't count. It's not a normal natural kingdom. It rules over the world, but it was a spiritual kind of a kingdom that ruled over the world. When he's talking to Chizkiah, says, "Who among all of these nations was able to say what God was able to save their land from me?" But we know for a fact that San Chirub did not conquer Yerushalayim in the end. He threatened Chiskel, but he didn't succeed. So obviously, he didn't rule over the entire world because he didn't rule over Yerushalayim. That it says that Dariavish wrote to every nation and every language. He said, May you have lots of peace. Uh, In other words, he wrote to every single. Uh, kingdom. So obviously he was in charge of all of them but, but we know that he didn't have 127 provinces He was missing 7 How do we know that? It says he only had to appoint 120 governors That found favor in his eyes to appoint 120 governors So he's missing So that's minus 7 from So he had only 120 Didn't Koresh to say all of the nations of the world. Hashem has given me all of the nations of the world. So you see that he was king over the whole world. He was just praising himself, but it wasn't actually literally true. He did not rule over all of the nations of the earth. It says in those days when the king of sat on his throne, but then it says in the third year, So was it when he first sat on his throne or in the third year? What does it mean that he sat? It doesn't mean immediately when he sat on the throne, but after his mind was settled. The king thought and he made a mistake. That's going back to the Babylonian, Babylonian times. Belshazzar thought and, and made a mistake. He was the one who took out the kilim of the Beit HaMikdash and started using them for profane purposes and then was killed. Right? I'm going to consider, and I'm not going to make a mistake. My, what are we talking about? Because it was, Hashem promised the Jewish people that after 70 years of Babel, he would remember them and would bring them back. That the, uh, the, the ruins of Yerushalayim would be, would be, uh, after 70 years after the ruins of Yerushalayim, uh, the Jewish people would be restored. So uh, this pasuk really doesn't belong here. This pasuk should come later because we're not talking about the destruction of Yerushalayim yet. Just the first pasuk. Now the point is like this. What did Belshazzar think? He said after 70 years, obviously, if the promise wasn't fulfilled, it's off. So he said like this. Um, he said, He said, First, you have forty-five years of Nebuchadnezzar that he was a ruler. And then Evil who came after Nebuchadnezzar, was the king for twenty-three years. So that's already six, seven years. And then they had two years of mine. So that gives me. I'm sorry, yeah, 23, there were, there were 68, not 67, because he had 45 of Nebuchadnezzar, 23 of Evil Merodach, that's 28. After two years of uh, of Belshazzar, he said, okay, that's 70. So after 70 years passed, and there was no uh, redemption of the Jews, they're not getting redeemed. Then he took out the, the golden vessels of the Beit HaMikdash that had been captured years before, and he started using them for drinking at his party. Nebuchadnezzar, we know that, uh, that Nebuchadnezzar ruled for 45 years. Um, because the master said Galu b'Sheva Galu b'Shemone, he said that they were they were exiled. The Jewish people were exiled in the seventh seventh year and the eighth year. Galu Galu. They were also exiled in the eighteenth and in the nineteenth year. What does it mean Galu b'Sheva the Kibush Yoyakim? Right, Yoyakim was conquered by Nebuchadnezzar, and that was the early um, that was the early uh, uh, the the right. So uh, that's what it says b'Sheva the Kibush Yoyakim Galut Yoyachin Nebuchadnezzar. In other words, when Yoyakim was captured, that was the um, that was the exile of Jehoiachin the first exile which um which uh, uh which was the w- it, the way that the exile worked was that there was a first wave of exile of Jehoiachin that he was exiled above it and then 11 years later Zedekiah was exiled and the Beta HaMikdash was destroyed um so what happened was that the, that in the 7th year of Nebuchadnezzar really it was the 8th year of Nebuchadnezzar meaning the 7 7 years after um Jehoiakim was was uh, captured and Jehoiakim was put in place as the puppet king and eventually he was exiled so in the, uh, the so in the 7th year of that conquering of Jehoiakim there was a galut which was the 8th year of Nebuchadnezzar because he did it in his 2nd year of kingdom and then it says also that, uh, that, um, but Galubish Monesra Kibusho Yachim and eighteen years after the the he conquered Yahim, Galut Sid then he finally exiled Sidkyao, she chaies with Nebuchadnezzar, which is the nineteenth year of Nebuchadnezzar. The Amar because the Messiah Shad Kibesh Ninvei because it says that Nebuchadnezzar the first year conquered Ninvei of his of his rule, conquered Ninvei and Shinyakibeshim, and then he conquered Yo and he eventually um and eventually exiled Yahim. And it says that in the thirty-seventh year of the Galut of the exile of Yehoshim, in the twelfth month, in the twenty fifth day of the month. That in, the, in that year, Evil Merodach, who was the king who came after Nebuchadnezzar, um, decided to uh, uh, lift up the head of Yo Melech Yehuda and let him get out of the jail and so on. So the point is that that was 37 years after he was exiled. So what does that mean? So it says, let's take a look at the math. T'mane utlatin v'sheva. Right, there were eight. It was the eighth year of Nebuchadnezzar when um, when Yachin was exiled, and then you had thirty-seven years. Saying in the thirty-seventh year of the exile was when he was let out of prison. So thirty-seven plus eight is forty-five. Nebuchadnezzar. Right, so he must have had forty-five. Yes, evil merodach, and then there were twenty-three of evil merodach. Let's just That's just a tradition that we have. So, in other words, so in the fact that evil merodach started thirty-seven years into Yachin's exile and let him out of the jail shows you that uh, that was already forty-five years from the original exile of Um Then you have evil merodach for twenty-three years and Tartei diday, right? And then you have the two years. Of Belshazzar himself, Hashiv in that 70 years. So he said, now there definitely not going to be any more uh redemption of the Jewish people. So And that's uh why he took out the vessels of the beth Magdash and started using them. Daniel, that's why Daniel said to him, he said, Ab- above the Master of Heaven, you've raised yourself up, and you've taken the vessels of his house and brought them before you for your own use. And it says, That night, Bel the king of the Kastim, died. Uh, and it says, So it says that uh, then, um, right after Bel died, Daryavish, the Mead took over uh, when he was already 62 years old. But the because he was kivar shenin shitin Vitartin. so that that shitin so v'tartin is sixty two and kivar Shinin, he was the uh, he was uh, that age, so he was sixty two years old. The point is that Belshazzar made a mistake. Daryavish said they made a mistake, but I'm not going to make a mistake. It doesn't say that you count the 70 years from the kingdom of Babel, which would mean that in the beginning of Belshazzar, after two years of Belshazzar's reign, that's already 70 years. right? It says for Babel, meaning from the exile of Babel. Meaning that eight years into the uh, uh, the rise of Nebuchadnezzar was the first exile of Yehoiachin. So really you have to subtract eight years. So eight years, what Belshazzar thought, should be the uh the time of the of the redemption. Right? So you have to add in those uh those years. Belshatar, the one year of Belshatar, right? de five of Daryabesh, the Koresh that, and vitartei didai, and two more years of achashverosh. In other words, this achashverosh doing the counting now, right? So he said that really, that Shatar was off by eight years. So I have to, I have to put in the additional one year of Shatar that he made a mistake, five years of Dariabash and Koresh, two of mine, that makes eight years that he was short. Ha now it's seventy years from the galut of yoyachin, kevan achazitimalu shiv'in, veloifruk, once he saw that the Jewish people were not redeemed seventy years after the first galut, miparkei, all right, so then he saw that they they weren't, weren't going to be redeemed anymore, and I picked my So he took out the vessels of the Beit Hamikdash for and he started using them. The satan came, the evil inclination came, and danced among them, and Vashti was killed. So Vashapir Hashiv, but isn't his calculation correct? He also made a mistake. The ibayel le mivne mechovot Yerushalayim. He shouldn't have counted from the exile of Yehoiachin. He should have count, counted from the destruction of Yerushalayim, which was eleven years later. Sov sov kam biteran chadisa. That's eleven years off. So iyu kam malach al and he was a king for fourteen years. So therefore, bar beisav the day by le mivne and it should be that in his fourteenth year, then. Uh, the Beit HaMikdash was built, and yet it says, no, alama Ketiv, but but it, it doesn't say that. In fact, it says that it continued to be stopped for his whole, uh, you know, for his entire reign it wasn't finished during the time of the, uh, of, 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 uh, as it says, that it, then during that time, the, um, the, the service of the house of God in Jerusalem was discontinued, right? The problem was that these years overlapped a lot of them. They were broken years, meaning that even though it seems like in the 14th year, of Achashverosh, the Beit should have been built because then it was already 70 years. It wasn't really true because the kings that had come before Koresh, Dragavesh, etc., Belshazzar Nebuchadnezzar, they overlapped in the years somewhat. So it wasn't a full 70 years at that point until the rise of uh, there was one year left for Bavel and Daryavish came and he completed it, and that 's why he was the king under under whom the HaMikdash was actually finally finished um because that was how the calculation actually worked even Daniel made a mistake in this calculation because. Uh, in the first year of his kingdom I analyzed the uh, uh, the books in other words I analyzed the wor- words of the prophets to determine when the exile would be over and the whole pasuk is asher hayad v'rashem al-Yirmiyahu an-Navi limal'ot u'lochovot Yerushalayim that the word uh, that came to Yirmiyahu navi of the completion and the destruction of Yerushalayim meaning to complete the destruction of Yerushalayim to finish it off uh, 70 years, meaning that the destruction would be would end and the rebuilding would uh, would be established. Right? so he was doing that, and, and the fact that he says I was thinking into it that implies that he didn't have the actual answer. He was wrong. But really the fact is that there's a contradiction in the Pesukim themselves. Because on one hand it mentions Bavel as the measure, on the other hand it mentions the destruction of Yerushalayim. So which is it? Kidal With regard to remembering the Jewish people and starting the process of the redemption, that actually happens um, even in the times of Koresh. So if you're if you're going that way, and Rashi explains if you're looking from the rise of, from the subjugation of the Jewish people to Bavel seventy years, so then Korish would be the seventy first year, and that would be when the redemption began, because Korish allowed them to start the process of building the Beit HaMikdash. As you know, Baha'u'llah, as it says, that Korish announced that all of the nations of the world has Hashem given to me, and he's commanded me to build him a house in Jerusalem. So you see that, uh, that, uh, that was the beginning of the process. Even though there were some, uh, problems there that it would stopped and, uh, it was paused during the times of Baha'u'llah and resumed later, he started it. And then the pasuk, and then the gemara goes on, and here according to the Bach it should say, "Uchtiv mi b'chem amo yelo avim we're going to see that Pasuk comes later what does it mean in the Pasuk so says Hashem to his Mashiach to his anointed one to Koresh that I strengthened his right hand was actually the Mashiach it means that Hashem said to the actual Mashiach who hasn't arrived yet I'm complaining to you about Koresh I had the decreed that he would build, rebuild my house and he would gather together all of my, uh, according to the, uh, the he will build my city of Jerusalem and he will gather together all the exiles. And what does he say? He just gave them permission to do it. In other words, he gave permission to do it to, to the Jews to do it, which is nice, but he didn't actually do it himself. He didn't take an active part in making it happen. And in that way, he was criticized by Hashem for not taking it all the way.